Good morning and welcome to our dining room. You can see behind me on the wall there some of our rogues gallery of family pictures. I wanted to see those in the picture today because family is just so much about what this message speaks about. The message from Ruth. Remember Ruth is a personal story set in around about 1150 BC of historical events recorded in the Old Testament. We find it in this book of that name. Last week Claire told us how Ruth is generously treated by distant relatives when she returns with her mother-in-law to Judah. She's a foreigner but this man Boaz, uh, he takes such care of her. Now we go on to see just how that care and that concern for a family member becomes love, a love which fills her every need and brings peace to both their lives. Let's jump right in and read from Ruth chapter 3. Janice, over to you. Ruth chapter 3. One day her mother-in-law Naomi said to Ruth, My dear daughter, isn't it about time I arranged a good home for you so you can have a happy life? And isn't Boaz our close relative, the one whose young woman you've been working with? Maybe it's time to make our move. Tonight is the night of Boaz's barley harvest at the threshing floor. Take a bath, put on some perfume, get all dressed up and go to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you're there until the party is well underway and he's had plenty of food and drink. When you see him slipping off to sleep, watch where he goes. Lie down there. Lie at his feet to let him know you're available for marriage. Then wait and see what he says. He'll tell you what to do. Ruth said, if you say so, I'll do it, just as you've told me. So, she went down to the threshing floor and put her mother-in-law's plan into action. Boaz had a good time eating and drinking his fill. He felt great. And then he went off to get some sleep, lying down at the end of a stack of barley. Ruth quietly followed. She lay down to signal her availability for marriage. In the middle of the night, the man suddenly startled and sat up. What a surprise! There was a woman at his feet! He said, who are you? She said, I'm Ruth, your maiden. Take me under your protecting wing. You're my close relative, you know, in the circle of covenant redeemers. You do have the right to marry me. He said, God bless you, my dear daughter. What a splendid expression of love. And when you could have had a pick of any of the young men around. And now, my dear daughter, don't worry about a thing. I'll do all you could want to ask. Everyone in town knows what a courageous woman you are, a real prize. You're right, I am a close relative to you, but there's one even closer than I am. So stay the rest of the night. In the morning, if he wants to exercise his customary rights and responsibilities as the closest covenant redeemer, he'll have his chance. But if he isn't interested as God lives, I'll do it. Now go back to sleep until morning. Ruth slept at his feet until dawn. But she got up while it was still dark and wouldn't be recognised. Then Boaz said to himself, Oh, no one must know that Ruth came to the threshing floor. So Boaz said, Bring the shawl you're wearing and spread it out. So she spread it out and he poured it full of barley, six measures. And he put it on her shoulders. 
and then she went back to town. When she came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, And how did things go, my dear daughter? Ruth told her everything the man had done for her, adding, And he gave me all this barley besides six quarts. He told me, You can't go empty-handed back to your mother-in-law. Naomi said, Sit back and relax, my dear daughter, until we find out how things turn out. That man isn't going to fool around. Mark my words, he's going to have everything wrapped up today. Thank you, Jan. About Naomi then, let's think about her for a moment. Ruth's mother-in-law. She's not a young woman. She's not going to easily find another husband. And yet now she has responsibility for her daughter-in-law as well. She's got to ensure her future, make sure that she's cared for for the rest of her life. Ruth has had a struggle to this point, what with losing her husband, coming to a foreign land. She's in a strange place. But now Naomi's homeland, that's where she is. So what could be done? Well, for a woman of her time, the only rest and care that could be had was through family. And God's law for Israel has in place a welfare package. A family member should take her as wife and hence she can fully participate in the family love and provision. These are not our ways today, are they? You wouldn't send a widowed woman to go and lay at the bed of her relatives, of one of her relatives. That's not the way we would do things. But when looking at these Old Testament laws, we need to look at things in a slightly different way. When they are clear moral law, like the Ten Commandments, well, yes, those are obvious that we don't want to kill. Uh, We shouldn't commit adultery, those kinds of things. But in the rest of the law, it's more about the principle. And the principle here is the care of widows and to ensure the family name continues. It's clear, isn't it, to um, Ruth that somehow she's found favour in Boaz's eyes. Did he encourage his family to look out for her? Yes, he did to make sure there was plenty of grain to be gleaned. Did Boaz see something more? Certainly, he saw Ruth's dedication to Naomi, and from a foreigner, that was especially noteworthy. Naomi's instructions then to Ruth are to at least go and see what happens. And possibly, well, you know, let's let's see how interested he really is. And Boaz is pleasantly surprised. Look, we have to be sure here, there's no funny business going on whatsoever. Quite the opposite, he doesn't take advantage of her at all. And his response is very tender. He finds this young woman at the foot of his bed. For any man, that's that's a challenging situation. But he's careful in his response. He's flattered that she's there. Not only is she a younger woman, as we've said, but she's a dutiful, loving woman, a loving daughter-in-law who's stuck with her mother-in-law through thick and thin. And she's come to him for help. He's also careful to observe the law in these matters. Another relative has first dibs. He must have his right first. So Boaz stands ready to honour the family commitment. But fairly, the other relative must have his opportunity. Let's see how that story unfolds in chapter 4. Janice, please continue. Ruth chapter 4 Boaz went straight to the public square and took his place there. Before long, the closer relative, the one mentioned earlier by Boaz, strolled by. Step aside, old friend, said Boaz. Take a seat. 
The man sat down. Boaz then gathered ten of the town elders together and said, Sit down here with us, we've got some business to take care of. And they sat down. Boaz then said to his relative, The piece of property that belongs to our relative Elimelech is being sold by his widow Naomi, who has just returned from the country of Moab. I thought you ought to know about it. Buy it back if you want it. You can make it official in the presence of those sitting here and before the town elders. You have the first redeemer rights. If you don't want it, tell me so I'll know where to stand. You're first in line to do this and I'm next after you. He said, oh, I'll buy, I'll buy it. Then Boaz said, you realise, don't you, that when you buy the field from Naomi, you also get Ruth the Moabite, the widow of our dead relative, along with the Redeemer responsibility to have children by her to carry on the family inheritance. Then the relative said, I can't do that. I'll jeopardise my own family's inheritance. You go ahead and buy it. You can have my rights. I can't do it. In the olden times in Israel, this is how they handled official business regarding matters of property and inheritance. A man would take off his shoe and give it to the other person. This was the same as an official seal or personal signature in Israel. So when Boaz's redeemer relative said, go ahead and buy it, he signed the deal by pulling off his shoe. Boaz then addressed the elders and all the people in the town square that day. You are witnesses today that I have bought from Naomi everything that belonged to Elimelech and Kilian and Mahon, including responsibility for Ruth the foreigner, the widow of Mahon. I'll take her as my wife and keep the name of the deceased along, alive along with his inheritance. The memory and reputation of the deceased is not going to disappear out of this family or from his hometown. To all this, you are witnesses this very day. All the people in the town square that day, backing up the elders, said, Yeah, we're witnesses. May God make this woman who's coming into your household like Rachel and Leah, the two women who built the family of Israel. May God make you a pillar in Ephaphra and famous in Bethlehem. With the children God gives you from this young woman, may your family rival the family of Perez, the son of Tamar, born to Judah. Boa's actions then are very honouring and selfless. And while the closer relative is kind of less so really, isn't he? He wanted the land, but he doesn't want it to split up his inheritance for his own family. That's a small thing, that decision that he makes, maybe in, in, in his eyes, but it has massive implications. He loses that relative. He loses his chance at fame through the millennia. Meanwhile, Boaz is willing to take on that responsibility for Ruth and Naomi and for fathering children to continue the family line. He is in, in effect their universal credit and so much more. You know, Boaz's reward is for his caring love and altruism is to be numbered among the direct ancestors of David, King David and Jesus himself. Not only is Ruth's future is secured in the family, but also, if you like, the future of all mankind through the birth of the Saviour Jesus. Ruth's commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and to her God, and her dedication to follow are rewarded by Boaz. And Boaz's commitment to the law and his desire to care for family are also rewarded. Let's hear from Janice again and see how that all pans out. 
Boaz married Ruth. She became his wife. Boaz slept with her and by God's gracious gift she conceived and had a son. The town women said to Naomi, Blessed be God, he didn't leave you without family to carry on your life. May this baby grow up to be famous in Israel. He'll make you young again. He'll take care of you in old age. And this daughter-in-law who's brought him into the world and loves you so much, why, she is worth more than seven sons. Naomi took the baby, held him in her arms, cuddling him, cooing over him, waiting on him hand and foot. The neighbourhood women started calling him Naomi's baby boy, but his real name was Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. So what is the meaning for that for us today? Do you know, I think we're also in historic times. We've just read one small part of the family history of Jesus, personal and yet of such importance to the people of the time it was worth recording and putting down for posterity, for everybody to remember and see the example. It's included in our scripture, in the Bible. It's read and revered thousands of years later. What will history record of this day? What will history record of what we do as individuals, as a church, as society and as a nation? We are facing so many challenges and yet, and yet we can step up and make a difference. Do you know, the deeds that we do now, the decisions that we make at this time of crisis may well, you know, may well determine how our society goes into the future. It will pass where we are now. Things will pass unless the Lord's plan is different. But do you know, we will endure through this present crisis. What we do now, what we do now has deep, deep implications into the future. I wonder how many people died in Judah as a result of the famine. We don't know. All we know is this one personal story. And we see someone's desire to see justice. Will we do the same in our society, in our community, to see justice happen? And godly justice, not just earthly justice as well. Ruth's story then has parallels for where we are here and now. She's unable to help herself due to the restrictions. Ruth's story has parallels right here and right now. She's unable to help herself due to the restrictions of her society and she needs rescue. She must request someone specific to be her kinsman redeemer so he could restore and protect her in exchange for her hand in marriage. How many people do you know this morning who are not allowed out of their homes but need someone to get their food, get their medicines and, and provide for them while they are isolated for the good of us all? The end result of Boaz's just actions living up to society's expectations, even towards foreigners, echo down through history. Maybe that's why the supposed author Samuel wrote this up and, and it became a sacred document. It's an example of how to live the way God has called us to live for the benefit of all around, for family and for foreigners. 
What starts out as a tragedy ends as a romance with world-changing implications. Hollywood should be queuing up to film this stuff, shouldn't they? Ruth and Boaz conceive and raise Obed, who is the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, king of all Israel, and for us, ancestor of Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and our redeemer. In a wider sense, though, we are all like Ruth. All of us here are in need of rescue from our circumstances. We can't do this ourselves. The Bible tells us that we are born into a fallen and lost state, a world which is a mess, living apart from from the God who created us and loves us and who longs for us to return to his family. We need that kinsman redeemer. We need someone to come and rescue us and his name is Jesus. In the Bible, the church is often referred to as the bride, the bride of Christ. And Jesus is the bridegroom. He's the one who loves us so much, he willingly pays the price for us to be redeemed. And for him, that price is death on a cross. His selfless love reaches out to us across the centuries, across the millennia, reaches out to us now in our situation, in our lost state. And his arms are open wide to welcome us. He has redeemed us into his heavenly family. Jesus' offer for you and for me, that is for everyone. He is everyone's kinsman redeemer. He wants us to back into into the family of God. Anyone who calls out to him will be saved. It says in scripture, in Joel 2.32, And in Romans 10.13, it's echoed again. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus truly is then your kinsman redeemer this morning. If you need a rescue from fear and panic of disease, or from personal situations that are threatening to overwhelm you this morning, if you feel like you're in a famine or a desert, Jesus is there. His rescue is there for you. Now is the time to receive the promise that he has for you, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. If you want to know more about any of these things that we've said today, please get in touch with us. You'll find details on this Facebook page. You can personal message the church through it. Let's just reflect, shall we? in one last worship song on the things we've heard today of a kinsman redeemer who loves us of a family of God's family that's longing for us to return and be cared for within and know safety and security Andrew thank you